Arata Mornings, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. That boy's good. It's Vinny's View on the home of the Suns, Arizona Sports. Presented by Revitalize Weight Loss and Wellness. Eat smart, lose weight, keep it off with Revitalize. Proud nutrition partner of your Phoenix Suns. On St. Patrick's Day of 2022, the Phoenix Suns were just a giant winning machine. They had just beaten the Houston Rockets for the third win in what would turn into a nine-game winning streak. They stood at 57-14, and 14, nine games better than any other team in the league to that point of the season. We know how that season ended. Just a year later, things are much different. The Suns have a much different looking roster. The superstar player they acquired at the trade deadline has played in just three games and missed his fourth straight on Thursday night, instead watching the action from the bench in street clothes. They had just 38 wins and were looking for a way, any way, to snap a three-game losing streak that planted a healthy amount of doubt into the heads of Suns fans everywhere. Thursday night wasn't about style. It wasn't about individual gaudy numbers. It was about a win, a three-point triumph over an up-and-coming Orlando Magic team. Devin Booker again saw intense defensive pressure all night long, which induced a pedestrian 19-point output. Others needed to step up, and they did. Cameron Payne, who's been under the microscope, especially on this show, delivered energy in a barrage of scoring. CP15 scored seven points in a span of 40 seconds to close the first quarter and cut Orlando's lead to one. He had another seven-point burst off the bench in the third quarter, a span that helped keep the Suns' lead in double digits. The other hero on the evening was Josh Okoge. The open three was not falling for Josh. He missed his first five and made one of his first eight attempts. His second make was a big one. It gave the Suns a three-point lead with just about five minutes to play, but his biggest play came on defense when he blocked Paolo Bancaro's three-point attempt that would have tied the game with just seconds left. Akogi filled the stat sheet on the night with 15 points, four rebounds, four assists, three steals, and three blocks. And once again, he got to the free-throw line more than any other Sun and knocked out all five of his attempts. For the Suns, as currently constructed, players like Payne and Akogi will need to deliver big, game-changing moments and stretches. That that happened on Thursday, and the Suns got exactly what they needed, no matter how it looked or felt. They got a win. Vinny's View is brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss and Wellness. Eat smart, lose weight, keep it off with Revitalize, proud nutrition partner of the Phoenix Suns. Yeah, it's tough, man. What, what Josh be doing is some of the stuff I've never seen before. That block in Houston, that was tough. Not only did he do that, but he went and dunked on the guy. And then... You know, that's uh, that's a gutsy block there, being up three. You know, anything could happen or whatnot, but we trust him. You know, you build that trust by doing those, having those tight plays in those situations. Yeah, that's very, a very tenuous situation. Chris Paul talking about Josh Okogie's play at the end of the game that sealed the win for the Suns, but that very easily could have been... What was Josh Okogie thinking trying to block a three there? Why didn't the Suns foul? Mm. It worked out perfectly, and it was a great defensive now, play. Yeah, but. listen, and, and I think I think the Magic did a really good job of anticipating what the Suns wanted to do and have done very, very well in those situations. And longtime Suns fans certainly remember a couple of times when Mike D'Antoni's teams got bit by that. Mike D'Antoni didn't trust that process mm-hmm. of fouling somebody intentionally for that very reason, for getting caught with the guy just going up and you know that could have happened last night uh, I thought the magic did a really good job of play designing bang 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 to, to get in a position where they weren't you know susceptible to getting that quick foul uh-huh. but yeah hey that it, it's they got the game to the finish line it's really all that matters no this is the kind of game 
that that every that every team in any sport always kind of has in their resume te- games that you just have to win and then you forget about forever. And that's last night is going to be one of those games. And I think they got another one coming up on Sunday against mm-hmm. Oklahoma City. Uh, it's going to be tougher. The Suns might finally actually play against Shea Gilgis Alexander. He hasn't played in either of the first two games against wow. them. Uh, but he he makes that team go, and and they're different when he's out there, and they're different when they when they play at home. So that's going to be another tough one. But Monty Williams, the head coach, was talking uh, last night after the game about uh, you know the late game situations and the Suns getting it done again. I mean, the staff does a really good job of you know we scream it out enough, but the guys they're they're locked into those situations. They understand how important. Um, that can be to getting a win and not allowing teams to have a chance to, you know, spoil your night. And um, we, we talk about it a lot, and, and I give our guys a lot of credit. Um, since we've been here, we show them situational stuff over and over and over again, and I never see those guys roll their eyes or do any of that stuff that you can do because you've seen it so many times. I think they just understand how important it is and how it can help you win a game. Yeah, I mean, the Suns are in a situation again, and this is not the first time this season that the circumstances are different, but the way I view it, Bick, I mean, remember right around Christmas time when, when everybody was hurt and Devin Booker came back on Christmas night and he re-aggravated mm-hmm. the injury and we knew he was going to be out for a while and then other injuries followed and the, the talking point was they just got to tread water. They just got to tread water for these next 20 games, finished 500 in that 20, and they'll, yeah. they'll be okay. They're in that situation again where they're treading water. Yes. They lost three straight. Yes. They're trying to hold on to that four uh-huh. seed. They've got this big carrot, this big six foot ten carrot uh, on the sideline in, in, in Kevin Durant. If you can win a few games and stay in that four seed and and until Kevin Durant gets back, um, you're, you're probably going to be in good shape if everybody's healthy going into the playoffs. But mm-hmm. it's just weird how much time they've had to spend with that treading water mentality. This well, year. and you, and you have to wonder. Okay, so so the the good news is, and the relief is, they won last night's game. They can they can take a deep breath and kind of calm down a little bit. You've got a winnable game that's on the road on Sunday. You win that as well in Oklahoma City. Now you're kind of you've got a little bit of space, and now you're doing good. Uh, but what I worry about now, my and again, I've I've got a I got a I got a bag full of them. Nothing major, but I got a bag full of worries. And one of them would be would be in the last two games, Devin Booker has played just under eighty minutes of basketball uh-huh. in the last two games. Yes, eighty. You're playing with fire here. Yeah, and and Monty Williams was asked about that and admitted again. Now, I played him too long against again, Milwaukee, it, and he's generally yep, sore yep, right yep, now. Yep, yep, yes. yep. It's it, you come you come out after the Bucks game and you say, "Yeah, I, I did. I played him too long. I'm sorry." And then you come out, you play him again. Yeah, I'm sorry. I play. Okay. Yep, 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 yep. Because you know Booker's not going to want to come out of the game. Yeah, either. I, I know. I, I I'm quite certain of that. But again, what what good will it do being overly cautious with Kevin Durant wearing him to a nub and risking him to injury? Well, that's the other thing in this treading water mentality is you're just, if you're a Suns fan, crossing your finger that ev- fingers that everybody else stays healthy while this is going on. Why are we putting this out into the universe? And then you have, well, because last night DeAndre Ayton got banged up. DeAndre Ayton mm-hmm. was limping. He couldn't yeah. get off the court at one point. To his credit, again, he finished the game and, and he, he got it up for his, for his teammates and, and got the job done, but... 
Are you going to be shocked to see him on the injury report for Sunday? Of course, don't, not. don't be shocked. Of course not. Uh, so, and again, so I think this is this is this is the delicate dance they're doing. And and uh, if you want to take a couple of bright spots, I think you highlighted a couple of good ones in Vinny's view. Yeah, I, I really firmly believe that that one of these guys, whether it's Ish or Josh, one of the sh, <laughs> one of the sh brothers, not the twins. Sh, that's a preemptive the, shh. The twins with, with, with your name right. on it. With your name on it. Just uh, know. But so, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the greatest scenes ever. Scotty don't. Scotty don't. <laughs> you should call them the, the twinch. Yeah, right. The twinch. The twinch. Yeah, sure. I yeah. like it. One of these guys is going to have to play a, a probably an oversized role from this point through the end of it. And whenever I the end of it is. If we're keeping with the theme, we change his name from Tori to Shory. Shory oh, Craig's got to do it too. Oh, I like that. Shore up, Shory. The Shriplets. The, oh, uh, Rock and Roll oh. Hall of Famers Billy Joel and Stevie Nicks are heading to Chase Field for one night only. December 8th, tickets go on sale next Friday at 10 a.m. You can win a pair of tickets now. Just visit the contest page at ArizonaSports.com to get entered. Starting at quarterback for the Cardinals, Colt McCoy. Well, that's foreshadowing, but it certainly seems like that's going to be what happens in September. We'll get into the latest next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. NFL free agency frenzy with Bickley and Murata Mornings. That's Friday, and it's Bickley and Murata Mornings live from the Octane Community Studios here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Dan Bickley, Vince Murata, Sarah Cazell, Jared Carlin with you until 10 o'clock, heading you into the weekend and into the St. Patrick's Day holiday. Nobody picked green beer yesterday, by the way. In the uh, yeah. all things green, mock my world. Yeah, now. yeah. You don't yeah. need your teeth stained or your shirt. True, it's true. That was intentional. Plus, on my end, I mean, nobody yeah. took Shamrock Shake either. No, that's true. Nobody took oh, the Incredible Hulk. That's a that's a really. I was popular thinking about Chicago taking the Hulk, thing, but it? I took Shrek instead. But whatever, it's all good. Vinny, all Vinny good. took mint chocolate chip ice cream, which is similar taste to the Shamrock Shake. True, but you know what? I uh, I full admission the mint chocolate chip ice cream brand that I like the Is most white? didn't have any artificial coloring oh, in no. it, so it's white. <laughs> nope. Still delicious. Anyway, free agent. Not too late. Voter, voters listening, uh, make that adjustment. <laughs> yeah, free agent frenzy. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals have been very deliberate, very quiet in free agency so far. The biggest news has been two of their prominent free agents, Byron uh, Murphy and Zach Allen. I almost combined those two names and said Byron Allen. Do you remember him, the comedian? From I the do, yes. He's like a billionaire now, and he's trying to buy football teams. Wow. Any, anyway, yes, uh, Byron Murphy leaves. Um, and there was thought going into this free agency process, Bick, that uh, Kyler Murray might be on the shelf. And maybe the Cardinals are telling us something on the timetable or the expected yes. timetable of Kyler Murray by not addressing this position because there's been a lot of candidates. Uh, no, Jacoby Brissett goes to Cleveland. Gardner Minshew, he's gone. Marcus mm-hmm. Mariota signed with Philadelphia. Drew Locke's going back to Seattle. There were guys that could fill in and be emergency starters, and they are gone. They've gone elsewhere. So maybe well, the Cardinals are confident Kyler Murray will be back early, or or, or maybe the Cardinals decided that we are we are such in a, a stage of rebuilding that why waste time pursuing a guy that's just a placeholder for a quarterback when we're not expecting to win next year anyways, and if you're 
a guy like Marcus Mariota or if you're a guy like Jacoby Brissett, you look at Arizona, why would that appeal to you? you think again. Think of what's being offered to you. Come in and, and help us hold down the fort for a team that's not going to be any good for an organization that just got destroyed in an NFLPA study. How about that? You want to come here or do you want to go elsewhere? Yeah. And so to me, I just think that, that there's nothing surprising about this outcome from three different perspectives. Yeah. But it also it could be confidence in Colt McCoy. I'm sure there is a level of confidence. If, if there's anything that we know about Colt McCoy, he's very competent. He is. Yeah. But so, again, I mean, he was very confident in a different system with different personnel yeah, around him. And, yeah. and and what what Colt McCoy was able to do, and I'm not cracking any codes here, mm-hmm. the Cardinals, if they had success early in games, he was able to manage the game. Didn't yeah. make mistakes. The whole game plan was get the ball out early and take those five and six yard completions. Well, the Arizona Cardinals don't look like they're going to be constructed to get ahead in games very early. But because of lack of firepower. Mm-hmm. At least it seems that way. Yep. Um, but maybe that's enough, or maybe there's not really any pressure on anybody to win this year, that this is I, very much an evaluation. I, well, here. again, I think that's. I think all of these things probably are true all at the same time. I, I think that I think Kyler Murray might surprise people. I think a narrative has been spawned that Kyler Murray is going to milk this, and I think that's unfair to Kyler Murray. But but the idea that, oh, there's going to be no rushing from his end, don't, don't sweat us. There's this feeling that he's, you know, he might be just the exact opposite. He might be a guy that you're ready to play football. We don't know. So yeah. there's that. And I do think I do think people and I do know people in Kyler Murray's camp are, are, are saying just that, that don't be surprised if this is quicker than you think. So there's that. Then there's the fact that, OK, listen, if 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 our defense is going to be this bad and our offense is in a state of regeneration and we're going to lose the only real weapon. And we have in DeAndre Hopkins. What is the what do we have to sell yeah. a guy with any options at all? Yeah, it's it's. I think it's a valid question at this point. And, and yeah, and then there's that, and then there's that, and then there's the fact that if you're the Arizona Cardinals, you might say Colt McCoy can give us just as much as we need in a little tiny sample as a Jacoby Brissett can. Maybe, and it'll cause a lot less issues in terms of expectations. Maybe, and yeah, so maybe I'm, they view Colt McCoy as equal to uh, Jacoby Brissett. Like, why and, bring in somebody from the outside? And he's not. And he's not. And I would be very surprised if they thought he was. But I just think when you when you put this on a spreadsheet and you say what what's it going to cost us in terms of manpower, money, uh-huh. recruiting? What what are we going to need to do to bring in a guy like that? I mean, a guy a guy with any career goals whatsoever is going to want a future. He's not going to just want to come in and say, "Okay, you know what? You guys need a three game stopgap. I'll be that, yeah, that's and fair. then I'll then I'll then I'll rework my career next year." That's, that's not fair. how people work. Elsewhere at the quarterback position, Aaron Rodgers finally got around to saying what his intention is. His intention is to play for the New York Jets. Uh, it's not going to become a reality for a while, and people thought, "All right, it's out there now. Make it happen, Jets." This could drag on and on and on, and I know people don't like to hear that, but here's Dan Graziano from ESPN uh, on Get Up explaining why that is. Through all the different ways this thing could go. The way his contract is structured, they don't have to pay him. It's, a, it's an option bonus. It doesn't. They don't have to exercise it until week one of the regular season. So they're not. it doesn't cost them anything in cash to hold him on their roster all through the offseason training camp. If they wait till after June 1st to trade him, they can spread the dead money cap hit out over this year and next year. So they'd take about 15 
15 million this year and about 25 next year, as opposed to all 40 this year. Now they can probably afford to do it, but it would obviously affect their their ability to get other guys. So when you talk about the kinds of picks that they're asking for or that the Jets are offering. Green Bay has to assess, is it worth it? If the best pick the Jets are offering is a 2024 pick, why not wait till after the 2023 draft? You're not going to do yourself any harm. And in the meantime, the Jets could get desperate and and move toward you. This is Yeah, there's, there's a lot to mm-hmm. consider there. But the possibility, as Dan Graziano outlines it, this could be on national headlines until September. Okay. <laughs> Which is six months okay. away. And again, and then you wonder, all right, if if both sides want the same thing, why is it necessary for one side to score a resounding victory? What is is there going to be a level of uh, pettiness involved here on the Packers management in terms of making things difficult for but Aaron Rodgers? Is You're it, darn right there will be. But is it pettiness to get the most that they can Absolutely get for the not. great one of the greatest players in Absolutely franchise history? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But at the uh, at, at same point, see the thing with the Packers, the Packers and their fans know Jordan Love is their quarterback next year. That's their trump card in all of this. The Jets, they don't have a quarterback. No, they don't. Well, they have Zach Wilson. So no, you're right. Again, they don't the Jets have a, don't have a quarterback. <laughs> but but Rodgers coming out and making that public, my intention is to play for the New York Jets. Then everybody said, oh, what does this do for leverage now? From the Jets' standpoint, this tantalizes their fan base. And by the way, it's a very vocal fan base. Mm-hmm. But it tantalizes them to the point where if they don't do this soon, the heat and the noise is going to get so loud. Mm-hmm. They might buckle. So I understand Green Bay putting this pressure on, especially in the weeks leading up to this year's draft, because they want to get immediate help. Mm-hmm. They don't want to wait till 2024 or 2025 to get some sort of return on, on an Aaron Rodgers trade. But for everybody who was crossing their fingers and hoping this would be a quick process, <laughs> nothing is quick with Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing no, at all. No, that's, yeah. And again, this the, the, there is quite a game of chicken going on between yes. these two sides. And yeah, yes. it, it could go for a while. Yep. Uh, you can text your thoughts on it to the FanDuel text line. It's open at 620-620 right now. Coming up next, the big stories of the day. Some, I'm sure, will be approached reluctantly, but we'll get into all of them. It's a Rush Hour Reboot with Sarah Cazell. Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata Mornings. Rush Hour Reboot. Rush Hour Reboot. Getting you up to speed on everything happening in sports this morning. Brought to you by Brooklyn Betting. Arizona built for America's dreams. Good morning, everybody. Welcome on in, or if it's, you know, your Wildcat fan, it's just morning. M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. I'm Sarah Cazell, taking you through the top stories of the day here on Bickley Amarada Mornings. Uh, Dan Bickley's over here. Alonzo Morning! Vince Murata's over there. Top of the morning to ya. Woohoo! Green M&M's! Nature's Viagra! <laughs> oh, that was foreshadowing, wasn't it? And Jarrett Carlin. You go to the University of Arizona? Yeah, so? <laughs> That's perfect. Some of Keanu's best acting there. Oh, tremendous. That, that plays into my clip that I have prepared as well. I hurt myself today. Call me Cam because I am in pain. 
mean? Oh, no. Yo, all right, we're going to get to that in just a second, but let's start out with the Phoenix Suns, who snapped their losing streak last night, their three-game losing streak, but I'm assuming not the way that Suns fans expected them to. It was only a three-point win over the Orlando Magic, 116-113, and it went down to a blocked shot by Josh Okogie to keep the game from going to overtime. It's open. Van Carroll had it blocked by Okogie. J.O. breaking out the eraser. Wow. That was a, that was a dangerous play there. K. Ray and Eddie Johnson on the call there. Uh, Kogi also had a three and a key steal in the final five minutes of the game. So Chris Paul was giving him some love afterwards. Yeah, it's tough, man. What, what Josh be doing is some of the stuff I've never seen before. That block in Houston, that was tough. Not only did he do that, but he went and dunked on the guy. And then... You know, that's uh, that's a gutsy block there, being up three. You know, anything could happen or whatnot, but we trust him. You know, you build that trust by doing those, having those tight plays in those situations. Is it concerning to you guys, Dan and Vince, that it went down to the final play against a 28-win team? Yeah, there was, uh, there was a lot about last night's game that was very concerning, particularly in the first half. Um, pace of play, paint score, all the things that... That are like red flags for a team, but again, it it's it's they needed to get this win. There's there's a handful of games on this schedule that they need to win because yeah. this schedule. Yeah. If Suns fans haven't looked at the schedule, I would probably tell you not to because yeah. <laughs> you're gonna freak yourself out if you do. It's rough. It at is. Oklahoma City, at the Lakers, at the Kings, back at home against the Sixers, Jazz, Timberwolves, Nuggets. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a stretch. I want to say. That I'm concerned, but there's two things in the fold here. There's no, there's very few gimmies in the NBA. Orlando, they've only won 28 games, but and they're very young, but they mm-hmm. have a lot of talent and they're fully put together. That was a healthy team that came in here. Mm-hmm. And the flip side of it is, the Suns are not very good right now. That's yeah, <laughs> and, and they've got to hang. That's true. You're right. It's it just you can't really judge this team because this isn't the team. Mm-hmm. This is yeah. just a team trying to tread water. Yes. Yeah. Just putting bodies out there. Yeah. So when you look at it that way, you just have to you have to accept it for what it is. Okay. So with DeAndre Ayton, as you guys pointed out earlier in the show, he finished the game, but he said afterward that he had injured his right groin. Uh, scale of one to ten, how concerned are you about that injury and what it might mean for the final stretch of the Suns' regular season? Again, I'm tempted to say I'm not that concerned about it because he finished the game, but then again, Kevin Durant finished his workout and he yeah. uh, was out yeah. for three weeks. I mean, seen him since. Yeah, so, I know. So there's always concern yeah. when you see somebody struggling to move the way DeAndre Ayton did at the end he, of, of last night. Yeah, season. and he was limping out of the building, according to reports. So, yeah, I'm a little concerned. Yeah. He did, uh, I, apparently, from what I heard, he was uh, well enough to smile for a picture with, with Emma, Emma Stone. Stone yeah. yeah, Arizona's own. I'm I so think... bummed I didn't get to introduce her last night. Oh, yeah. All those lame D-list celebrities that I have to introduce <laughs> over the PA. I didn't get to introduce Emma Stone. Who are some of the D-list? Well, what do you mean you didn't get to? I guess she didn't want to be recognized uh, on, the, okay. on the jumbo. Oh, so that's a question that's asked okay. in advance. Are you cool with us putting the yeah, camera in your yeah. face, all that stuff? Okay. All right, let's Big talk fan. some. Big fan. I know. I, I think all four of us on this yes. show might be. Um, come on the show, Emma Stone. We know you're listening right now. Let's talk some men. are on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Men's college we have, basketball. We have a little bit of hookups. I'll, I'll try to. Let me try to. With Emma? We do, yeah. We have a, we have We've a mutual Red friend. Reese, yeah. a mutual friend. Oh, that's friend. right. Of and course. Jesse Eisenberg's been on the show twice. Okay. All right, let's make it happen. 
happen. Uh, men's college hoops. Arizona is out of the tournament. Hold your applause, Vince, with the first round loss to 15 seed Princeton yesterday, 59-55. That 55-point total is the lowest scoring output for Arizona this season. Ugh. Yeah. Great time to have your worst game. The Cats build up a uh, built up a 12-point lead about midway through the second half, but then Princeton got back into the game, and then Arizona went scoreless in the final four minutes and 42 seconds. Here is Tommy Lloyd, the head coach, after the game. I'm just sad for these guys that they don't get to experience how special an NCAA run is because these guys were built to do that, and we ran into a good team today that that made all the right plays at the right time, and we weren't able to separate from them enough when, when we had opportunities, and and, you know, that that's what happens when you are able to stick around a basketball game. I mean, you know, they, they made enough plays down the stretch and we didn't. And um, I'll tip my hat to them. I mean, they're, they're, they're a hard team to play against. I knew it was going to be a tough game. Um, you know, I just know that program has a ton of pride. And, you know, they're well coached and have great fundamentals. And, uh, and, and that showed today. All right. As you said earlier in the show, Bick, this loss is a stain for Tommy Lloyd that mm-hmm. he is going to have to wear for a while. Yep. Uh, he's 61 and 11 in his first two seasons, two Pac-12 tournament titles, one Pac-12 regular season title, a sweet 16 appearance, but then this first round loss. So with all of the success that he has had in his first two seasons as a head coach, how much of that goodwill gets wiped away from uh, yesterday's loss? Yeah, that's, I, I mean, that's really kind of up to you guys, the ones who are fully vested yes, in the program. To, totally. me, to me, I really, as a, as an objective outsider, I think I think his hiring at Arizona was serendipitous. I think he's the perfect man for the job. I, I held nothing about last year's loss in the Sweet 16 against him. Uh, but yesterday, this is, again, this is the Buffalo loss to Sean Miller. This is Santa Clara to Lute Olsen. This is the one that uh, people are going to look at you sideways. Yeah. What? If you're all that, explain that. But Sarah also listed all the credentials in the first two years, and they're impressive. 61 and 11 and all the the tournament titles and all that. But, you know, Arizona is a program that, based on its history, is judged on how they do in the tournament. So it is a stain. And the tournament bites you. It it does. Every coach will tell you they've got scars. They've got wounds from that one year where you just get bit. And can I address something, too? Like you said, hold your applause. Yeah. Again, is this this the reputation I have as somebody who revels in the misery of others? You know how that makes me feel when I hear that? I actually, I, I knew you weren't going to come in today, though, and, and be like mocking of us because you are a bit empathetic when it comes to absolute brutal pain like this. Yeah, he is. I, that, no, yeah. listen, this is this Other is the, U of a this fans, is the side might of Vinny's too, personality that I always wonder about because you are such a fundamentally decent, empathetic person. When you get so angry at NBA refs for being so incompetent, <laughs> when you get so angry at other players Luka in Dodge. the league, I'm like. This isn't like your nature to just, ah, I hate you. Die, die, die. It's more like me, man. I'll just suffice it to say this, Bick. You've known me for a long time. I don't know you. But do you really I know d- me? Whoa. That's I true. Don't know if people saw this. Does Can anybody? I just say this real quick? My sister went to U of A. She graduated from there. I just sent her a two-word t- uh, text yesterday that just said bear down. Yeah, and she I... sent me a two-word text back that said bite me. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> yeah, that was the perfect. correct response from, from your sister. All right, let's move on so we can talk about ASU and GCU quickly. The first round of the NCAA men's tournament continues today um, with 
with 16 more games. Both of the other Arizona teams are in action. The remaining Arizona teams are in action. GCU has three seed Gonzaga at 435 Arizona time on True TV. And then the last game of the night, ASU and TCU, 705 tip also on True TV. Uh, the Sun Devils are the 11 seed. TCU is the six seed. Which upset is more likely? ASU beats TCU or GCU beats Gonzaga? It's not even close. Yeah. I think ASU's got a good shot against TCU. I don't think, I, do I don't think, with all due respect to Bryce Drew, um, Grand Canyon doesn't have a shot today. Not a shot. Not Do you think they'll play them close at any point? Not anything a is, shot. I don't think anything's impossible. But with all things considered, you know, Grand Canyon's been very open about, hey, we want to be Gonzaga, and it mm-hmm. might be an opportunity for Gonzaga to say, yeah, you got a ways to go, kids. Sure thing, little brother, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the ASU upset is a lot more likely. It's going to be a tough game, though, because TCU, with Mike Miles Jr., healthy, they're a different team, mm-hmm. and he's healthy, so it's going to be tough, but ASU's more likely. Which team is more likely to make it out of the weekend? Either of them? No. (laughs) Because ASU, if they do win, would likely have to play Gonzaga. Uh, We'll see. There's a possibility Monday morning we're talking about ASU. An ASU GCU game, wrapping it up from Sunday. Can you imagine? Crazy. Thank you, Sarah. Thank Rush you. Hour Reboot every morning at 7.30. Coming up next, uh, Arizona got upset. That wasn't the only biggest, uh, big upset of day one of the tournament. We'll get into all the action next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Dan Bickley, Vince Murata. Bickley and Murata mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona needs three to send this thing to overtime. 15 seconds left. Ramey, long ball. That's not it. Air ball. That's not it. Ballo tries to keep it alive. Kreshaw, no good. With a prayer that will not go. And the Tigers of Princeton growl their way into round two. Playing with four guards, and the four guards out there, along with Cedric, are the best free-throw shooters. Clark in a straight check. Oh, he didn't need to do that! He threw it away! Hitting Patisse! Furman leads! Timeout, Virginia! Did we just see what we think we just saw? Wow! couple of the highlights from uh, day one of the tournament. Not a uh, highlight for Arizona. They fall to Princeton. Again, to, uh, take solace in the fact that a, a U of A's performance was probably not as bad as that final call on uh, TNT. Yeah. Uh, but then you get the, 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 great, Ke- the great Kevin Harlan uh, on True TV. J.P. Pegues hitting the uh, three-pointer against Furman. They... Uh, we talked about the, the Jacoby Myers play from the mm-hmm. Patriots when he lateraled the ball back against the Raiders, and he ends up with the Raiders in free agency, by the yeah. way. It's one of the great? dumbest plays I've ever seen. Yeah, it was. That pass by Kihei Clark with a timeout in his in his hip pocket. Oh, my goodness. For a fifth-year senior guard yeah. uh-huh. who started in the national championship game mm-hmm. for Virginia in 2019. One of the dumbest plays you'll ever see. The beauty of the tournament, the tournament is that after you make a play like that, there was no doubt that three-pointer was going in. Oh yeah, that's like like the beauty of like the, to complete the play. And even after the game was over, there was cameras in the tunnel, and Furman players mm-hmm. like, I can't believe he freaking threw that ball like that. Yeah, 
you know, here's what I think about this, especially when you take a look at, at what's what what has gone down in the first game for both Arizona and Arizona State. I, I've made this I've made this um, analogy for the longest time that part of the Coyotes' issue in Arizona is that they haven't played enough games in Arizona playoff games when the sport really snaps, crackles, and pops. When people would go, oh. Now I get why people love this sport so much. Uh-huh. Sign me up. Mm-hmm. There's been a dearth of that. Same thing with ASU basketball. Now they're coming off a game that was a first four kind of game, right? Yes. <laughs> and but but it was incredibly entertaining and rewarding. If they can there's an opportunity for them right now, right here tonight, to kind of give the valley another little piece of magic. Uh-huh. This is not a college sports region. Not anymore. But we're not impervious to magical moments. And this tournament is about as good as it gets when it when it gives those kind of moments. Just ask basketball fans for Furman. Yes. As you just pointed out. This is this is the kind of mat this is the currency that makes this tournament so great. It just hasn't been available to ASU fans that often. Yeah. I mean, how many tournament wins do you remember? For ASU? Yeah. Handful, handful. Yeah. So there we go. So I think that I think yesterday, even though the, the, that Furman Virginia game, Virginia fans like, are you serious? Mm-hmm. Really, Arizona? Are you? Si-? The flip side is, there's like, wow. And are you ASU, serious? Right. Yeah. Exactly. In, in the last few exactly. years, in the last few years, Virginia has lost. Twice to a 13 seed and to a 16 <laughs> seed. Yes, they're and the in the still, middle of all that, they won the national, national championship. championship. Still, the only team wow. to lose to a 16 seed. By the way, real quick, can I foreshadow something? Yeah, Furman, 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 Furman. Jarrett Carlin's nickname through three years of high school. Furman. Oh, I am Furman. Look at my back hair. Would yes. be fur boy at that part? Yeah. yeah. Furby? Uh, fur boy? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Since, since puberty, I have been fur man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Go Paladins. Uh, yeah, Arizona. One of the big stories of day one, they lose to a 15th seed in uh, Princeton. Tommy Lloyd, after the game, talked about how uh, style of play and style of officiating certainly did not go Arizona's way. You sit here in my seat, you have you know an All-American big guy, an All-Conference big guy. You go inside over and over and over and over again, and you shoot seven free throws. I mean, I don't know if they're fouls or not, but I mean, they, they, I mean, they, they must not have been because obviously they didn't get called. And, and you know, there's a... You know, when, when the game is ref like that, it makes it tough. You know, when you have an advantage that gets, you know, either they're really physical and not fouling or they're not calling the fouls. And, and I haven't reviewed the game, so I'm not saying one way or another. But it makes it tough. It makes it tough. You know, and, and when we're, we're, when you're advantage, it gets negated a little bit. And I thought we did a good job, for the most part, having a pretty good conviction of going inside. We just, we didn't make enough shots and we didn't get rewarded with whistles. And, you know, that's how it goes. Which, I mean, okay, first free throw shooting first team all, either. First of all, let, let me unpack that. That a little bit to come out and say I'm not saying one way or the other. Yes, you yes, are. You are. <laughs> yes, you are. You're whining, <laughs> and, and maybe you got a point. But the shot selection. Well, th- that's oh the thing. Too. My okay, so goodness, you're going inside. You're going inside to your two big guys who have been the keys to Arizona's mm-hmm. success all season long. You're not getting the calls. If everything was going well, you could adjust and you could rely on guard play. Mm-hmm. Their perimeter play was atrocious. Kerr Creasa, Pella Larson, who I actually am a fan of. Mm-hmm. I think he's a very solid player. Yep, and Courtney Ramey were all. 
terrible yeah. in that game. Did nothing to contribute to any success for Arizona. Again, Courtney Ramey launched up a couple of shots that I just, I'm like, that's the best you can do here? Really? Wildcat fans, do you have anything to say, Jarrett? <laughs> no, that's that, that the problem all year is they were completely dependent on the two big people, two, two big guys. Absolutely inconsistent card play all year. Mm-hmm. You would get a good game by Ramey, but it would be once out of every four games. Same with Henderson, same with uh, Chris, uh, less than that even. Uh, bam, bam off the bench would give you something now and then. But they just don't have the depth. They don't have the athletes. Mm-hmm. It's it's very, very, very frustrating. Even though they won a bunch of games, they beat a lot of tournament teams. They beat a lot of teams that are still in the tournament. Tennessee. This is, and, and again, we, 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 but, haven't, we haven't brought this up in a while. The fact that the president picked Arizona to win it all, that means nothing. Because it's just Correct. largely ceremonial, and yet it's also very symbolic. Well, there were people that were reading into that too that there were there might have been political reasons for that. What? Oh, oh, to Brock, engender some support in his, in what has become a swing state. Funny, oh. Obama picked uh, Duke though. Did he? Yeah. Was it He's Carolina? not running for office next year. <laughs> next year. Barack Oh, you're saying this year he picked Duke? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought you meant when he was in office. I, I was like, oh. I, I, would that be, I don't think that would be a good political move, right? If if Arizona's most, well, I guess it's it's closer to, to, also, to split. Who honestly, would actually be swayed by that? Like, yeah. do you, I mean, do That's you give, the bigger Yeah, but it, no. look, they're, they're playing every trick. It, 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 that's the, how politics I guess. works. Okay, I guess. I guess. But does I anybody guess. give a rat? Does Jay Billis want to get voted for? Does anybody Arizona? give a rat's b- behind who he picks? Of I course, can tell you no. Much. But, but no. it's but it's very symbolic for the for the for the highest ranking elected official in the land to say you're the team I'm picking to win it all, and that team to flame out against Princeton. The juxtaposition you yeah. can't ignore it. Uh-huh. It means nothing, but you can't ignore it. Or I guess you can't. I can't ignore it. I was planning to ignore it. I've been desperately trying to ignore it. It sucks more than that. What a bunch of losers! (laughs) It sucks every damn year. It's the same thing. They're great. It's not the the same thing. It is the same thing. Would you rather? They haven't made the final four in twenty three years. Yeah, Uh, I mean there is two thousand one, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, UCLA starts their game off with a 14 to zip run. That's what you're supposed to do. That's to what you're supposed seed. to do. Yeah. That's what that's you're what, supposed to do. The same with the Duke. I think Duke was up like yeah, that's 17 how you nothing. Handle it. Uh, yeah, that's it. That, that is really and listen. I, I, I as somebody who watched a small sampling of Arizona basketball, and I tended to catch them mostly on on upticks, good swings. I saw the best of Azulis Tabellus. Yeah, you and did. I, th- I thought this guy is as dependable as not flashy, not a create your own shot kind of guy, but a guy that you pound, pound, pound. Okay, he's going to produce for you. Yeah. Even yesterday, he he shows up with twenty two points, but six turnovers for a, yeah. for a big. That's not acceptable. And again, the way that the way that that whole team just shriveled in the final five oh. minutes. That oh. to me is what is so embarrassing about it. They yeah. looked so scared. They did. They th- there was no pedigree on display at all. That's what happens when you don't have. One, you don't have guys with swagger, and you don't have guards that could just sort of like take control of the game at the end. Well, I saw it even in the Pac-12 tournament weekend. A lot of people, a lot of uh, you know, consumers of that tournament, and critics and experts saying, "Wow, U of A just—they're not a tough team." 
I don't know if you guys noticed this, but Pella Larson, whom I'm also a, a big fan of as yeah. a player, he wouldn't even make eye contact with Kirk Creasa when he was taking the ball up on the final possession. He was it, like, don't look at me. Don't look at me for the shot. Yeah. Oh, boy. And that wow. is not oh what you want from a tournament team. Oh, nope. boy. Uh, coming up next, the uh, 8 o'clock hour begins in grand fashion with the Bickley Blast. Fire. Bick will deliver it next here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.